0: The Apollo Podcast Network. One. All right, welcome to Cash Landing. I, as always, am your host, Ben, joined by my esteemed co-host, Aaron. This is the show where we fall ass-backwards into the money and you get richer just by listening. Uh, Today, we're going over the Week 11 uh, NFL DFS slate. Before we get there, this is Friday night. On November twentieth, so NBA free agency has just started, and um, just want to let everybody know that uh, we are not only a football podcast. Once all of this NBA free agency craziness ends up winding down, we'll do a midweek pod and sort of get through that. Uh, you know, right now we just saw Danilo Gallinari sign. I mean, we don't really know everything that's happening, so um, be on the lookout for that extra pod. But before we, you know, even get there, Aaron, how you doing? How, how was your week? How was your week of betting?
1: Uh, so last week on the podcast didn't go too well. I went really heavy on the Ravens. I felt really strongly about that game. Unfortunately, it ended up being a complete monsoon. Bill Belichick came up with a really good Lamar Jackson game plan and Lamar Jackson just reminded me once again that he can't be trusted, that uh, I think he's a little overrated. I am not eager to bet on him yet again or play him in DFS. He really let me down there. I don't think he's in that top tier quarterbacks, but I guess that's a discussion for another day, but. Besides that, my week's been all right. Um, not ready to talk about Clay Thompson yet, but obviously that was a disaster. I'm happy to welcome James Wiseman to the Warriors family. Hopefully that one works out. But uh, yeah, I'm excited about this NBA free agency. The offseason's always fun in the NBA. Uh, yeah, it's Nilo Gallinari to the Hawks. Ben, how many times a game are opposing teams going to put Danilo Gallinari and Trey Young in a pick and roll situation. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. I didn't even think about that. That's going to be a horrible
0: defensive duo there. But man, my I I'm just upset. My Rockets are slowly dying. Everybody wants out. Nobody
1: wants to be there anymore. But you
0: know, it's all right. I'm fine. I'm fine. It's all all right. I'm fine. I swear.
1: know they, they're They have to hold up hostage. They have no. They have absolutely no choice but to just tell James Harden, look if you want to pull in an Anthony Davis and just sit out games over and over and become the villain in Houston, like you're going to have to do it because, I mean, they just have no other option, especially when he's demanding a trade to one specific team. So his all the trade leverage that the Rockets even would have is gone because everyone knows he's only going to that team. I mean, man, they they have no choice. They can't give in on this one, I don't think. I, I, I totally
0: agree. It's, it's just nuts. But, you know, we can get to all this – Uh, In the midweek pod, and we are going to do so. For now, we're gonna get to what you presumably clicked on this for, and that's gonna be the NFL Week Eleven DFS slate. Um, I'm just gonna get it out of the way. This week is nuts. Me and Aaron both really enjoy this slate because there's a lot of things that you can do. Um, When we do the show, we usually talk about DraftKings because it's what it's what I play, it's what we play. But if you play FanDuel or if you listen to the show for your season-long ESPN league advice. I'm just going to get this out of the way at the top. You absolutely have to play Taysom Hill in your tight end slot. If I mean, you know, I'm sure somebody picked him up if you didn't already, but if, if you have Taysom Hill or if you're playing on FanDuel, you have to put him in your tight end slot because he's tight end eligible and he'll give you quarterback points. It is a free win in season-long leagues, and every single person is going to be playing him on FanDuel, and rightly so.
1: Yeah, I mean, unless you're in a league with just a bunch of dummies who don't really care about fantasy football, he should already be gone. He would have been picked up and by everyone today. But that's another uh, good reason to follow us on Twitter at CashLandingPod, because once we kind of saw what was going down this week in New Orleans, we immediately tweeted out, get off of Twitter and go pick up Taysom Hill immediately. So, yeah, yet another reason to follow us there on the Twitter
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. And and with that, you know, Taysom Hill is a quarterback, we're going to go ahead and do what we always do and that start with the quarterbacks on this slate. Aaron, you said you're out on Lamar Jackson cuz he burned you so bad and I feel like you're a little bitter. I'm I'm not not completely out on Lamar Jackson. I think this could be a Lamar bounce back week for sure. Um Tennessee's 24th in defensive DV, DVOA and 31st in special teams, so I expect them to have some pretty good field position. Um I was not impressed by the Ravens' running backs and the line last week, so I think that uh, Lamar is going to be pressured. He's going to have to improvise. The run game is not going to do very much. And I expect that if the Ravens have some offensive production here, it's going to be by the way of the air. So I think that like a Lamar and Hollywood Brown, who has not done anything all year, I think that's a great way to differentiate in, uh in big tournaments, uh, especially because Hollywood is cheap and Mark Andrews is cheap. You can get all three of them pretty easily. And I know that Lamar Jackson is the most expensive quarterback here, but if you told me Lamar Jackson is 7,300, Any other time in the year, I would probably say that's a good price, and I'm not going to be scared because of a bad week last week.
1: I mean, my thing is, he hasn't really gotten there the whole season to start with. Um, I do love picking on the Titans defense, and I am very anti Titans defense, so I can't argue with the spot here. And it should be a bounce back spot after they got embarrassed last week, um, in large part due to the very bad weather, which weather is not a concern in any game this week, which is good, but. Man, I just I can't do it with Lamar Jackson. Um, I do really like the slate this week. It's a Stars and Scrubs slate, which is my favorite. But I really like some cheap quarterbacks this week, so I'm probably paying down at this position. And if I'm paying up, I'm probably more inclined to do it for Rodgers in a sketchy matchup in what is going to be a lot lower ownership against the Colts, even because it isn't a dome. And I think they might be able to slow down Aaron Jones in that run game. So I'm more inclined to go with the passing game, which I think we'll have to throw the ball. I think both teams will be able to put up points there. So if I'm going to pay up, I'm probably going to do it for either Roethlisberger, who you're about to talk about, or Rodgers, because I just can't get there with Lamar Jackson, especially if he's going to get some ownership, which I suspect he might going up against the Titans. But yeah, Lamar's not for me this week, but I mean, I can't argue against it. But man, Hollywood Brown, he's just been, I mean, that would be a real sneaky stack there because he has not done anything this year. I can't even get behind that one. I mean
0: that's it's my favorite tournament play for this week for sure. I think that's a way. I mean, we've seen Hollywood Brown put up two touchdowns and many yards in games before, and um, it, it, you know, it, it could certainly happen again. And I don't think anybody else has taken that, so uh, that's my way to differentiate this this week for sure. Uh, somebody much more chalky. Yeah, I mean, you were right. I want to talk about Ben Roethlisberger at six thousand seven hundred. Um, this is a great spot for Ben cash and tournaments. Jacksonville is thirty first in defensive DVOA, and uh, I think last week or maybe it was two weeks ago. I thought it was going to be the James Conner week. It absolutely was not. I'm pretty sure it was last week because the, uh, I, you know, the Bengals run defense is not is not that great. Uh, after that game, I've basically officially decided that the Steelers are a pass first team in ways that I I just didn't want to believe it because I like James Conner, but but Big Ben should definitely continue to air it out. Uh, he did so even last week when they were winning. They ended up winning the game 36-10, to 10 and he was still passing. Uh, Jacksonville is almost averaging 300 passing yards against them per game. So for DraftKings players especially, you get that 300-yard point boost, and Big Ben should definitely give that to you.
1: Yeah, I think Big Ben is a good way to go here if you're trying to play it safe. If you're not going with one of the cheap quarterbacks that we're going to talk about later, I think Big Ben is a good option for cash. I mean, Ben mentioned it. The main thing we worry about, you know, against teams like Jacksonville or like the Jets is like game script for a team like the Steelers. They're probably going to be up big and most teams would be inclined to start running the ball to kill the clock. But the Steelers way of killing the clock is just to throw short passes that they get tackled inbounds because the clock still moves. And they just love to move the ball methodically through the air. I mean, they've got three wide receivers that they mix really well throughout the game. And uh, when you're just looking at Roethlisberger, it doesn't matter who he's throwing to. These guys are going to be open all over the field. So I do like Roethlisberger here at this price. And uh, he should be pretty popular this week.
0: Yeah, I think he'll be pretty popular. I also think Deshaun Watson at 6,500 is going to be pretty popular. Uh, Aaron and I, we have a pattern here on on this podcast. Uh, that pattern is to play Deshaun Watson whenever he's not facing a good pass rush, whenever he has time to get it to those speedy weapons and, uh, New England is dead last in defensive DVOA and they're 23rd in sack percentage. So not a great pass rush and a very bad defense overall. In fact, the worst. Um, and the Texans are sort of like the Steelers in that I think they're really they're a pass first team. They're only productive when they throw the ball. They can throw the ball to run clock. Um, I just wish that somebody would tell them to not give Duke Johnson 14 carries between the tackles, like he's like Garrett Blunt. And instead, try to get him some space, maybe throw him some screens, because then the offense can be multidimensional and effective. But we'll see if somebody gets my memo there in the in the Houston organiza- organization.
1: I mean, I was right there with you. Like we, we played Duke Johnson last week, and we just thought they were going to find creative ways to get him the ball and some space, maybe get some passes out of the backfield. And they just did the one thing that Duke Johnson is not good at, and he's not really built for and that the offense isn't good at as a whole, and they just try to run him right up the middle. So that was a little frustrating. But, yeah, talking about Deshaun Watson, um, man, this game, these defenses, like at first glance, people might for some reason think, like, they want to shy away from this game because it's the Patriots and they kind of make games ugly. But, man, both these defenses are terrible. So this game could easily be a very sneaky, high-scoring game here. And uh, Deshaun Watson is definitely in a good spot. His pass catcher should be open down the field. He will have time to throw the ball. So, I do like Deshaun Watson here a decent amount.
0: Yeah, and I don't think they're going to give the ball to Duke Johnson up the middle in the red zone. I think it'll be Deshaun running it in with his legs You know, when they get there. Um, another option up there that I'm also you know interested in playing in cash and probably more likely to run out in tournaments is Matt Ryan for 6,300. Look, um, this game has the exact same total as the Texans-Patriots game with those horrible defenses. Defenses. Sorry. It's Matt Ryan in a dome, and he's only $6,300, and he has every single weapon healthy for what feels like the first time this year. Uh, Calvin Ridley just got cleared off that foot injury. So I, I have one semi-concern about this game, and it's that the Taysom Hill Saints offense is just going to burn clock and limit the upside and limit the amount that the Falcons offense can even score. But I mean, Vegas put the total at 49 for a reason, so I expect the Falcons to put up some points. Um, Todd Gurley has been vulturing a lot of touchdowns in the offense. He's sort of their go-to red zone threat. I have to imagine some touchdown regression is coming and these touchdowns should start going to the pass catchers at some point.
1: Yeah, this is kind of the price range for me. Once we get below Deshaun Watson, this is kind of where I'm just kind of going to skip this range and go down to some of the cheap quarterbacks that I really like this week. I do understand Matt Ryan in the dome. I do like that all his guys are healthy. There's certainly a chance that he gets there for you, but, I really am starting to respect the Saints defense uh, the more I watch them every single week. They're flying around. They're really physical. They do get pressure on the quarterback pretty consistently. They don't give up a ton of big plays. Like They're a good uh, bend-don't-break defense. They do a good job in the red zone. So I do just kind of respect the Saints defense. They're not really a team I'm going to be looking to attack much down the stretch, especially if there's going to be questions about their offense on the other side, killing the clock and not putting up too many points and creating a favorable game script for Matt Ryan here. But I don't hate it because it is Matt Ryan in the dome. So it's always playable, but yeah, this is kind of the price range that uh, I think I'm just kind of going to skip this week. Me we, we
0: thoroughly disagree then. Cause I, I don't think I'm playing most of these cheap quarterbacks, except for maybe Taysom Hill or PJ Walker on a, on a, on a tournament flyer. Um, If I had to rank my cash options, I think it would be Watson first. And then second might actually be Cam Newton. I really like the offenses in this game. So Cam Newton is only 6,200. If you're looking at the the game the same way I do with the relatively high total, you think it's going to go over because I think it's going to go over. Um, The Texans cannot tackle. They have a legitimately embarrassing defense that isn't getting any better because they're not young guys. All of these people on the defense are third-year players or older, and they still don't understand gaps or assignments. It's a poor coach team, and it's against Bill Belichick. So Belichick should be able to run scheme into just an absolute field day for both Cam Newton and Damian Harris. And Cam Newton, by the way, has been a QB1 over the last, like, four weeks. He's been a top-12 quarterback in terms of fantasy points scored for the last four weeks after everybody wrote him off.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to lie. You kind of just sold me a little bit after I just said I'm going to skip over people on the range. (laughs) I mean – I just love going against the Texans defense. My main thing here is I really, really do like Damian Harris this week, but if everyone is going to go Damian Harris, maybe Cam Newton is the way to go. I'm intrigued by the stats you just gave over the past four weeks. I like how they're getting the ball back in his hands on the ground. I also like Jacoby Myers, who he's going to be throwing the ball to. Their receiving core has been doing a better job lately. So, yeah, you did just sell me on Cam Newton a little bit, actually. I, yeah, I'm going to have some
0: Cam Newton lineups. The only problem is that if you really like Jacoby Myers, there's there's a much less chance that all three of those guys get there. Like, I I definitely like the stack, but it's just, you know what I mean? Like, you're probably not rolling out all three in cash, so you have to determine which one to fade.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to play Cam and Damian Harrison in the same lineup. Uh, I'd probably be more inclined to play Damian Harrison cash and – I'll probably roll Cam Newton out in some tournament lineups, hoping he goes a little overlooked. But the more I think about where the ownership is actually going to go this week, I actually think Cam Newton won't be too sneaky this week, which is fine. Uh, I I don't – that's not really too much of an issue with me, quarterback. But, yeah, I think Cam Newton actually is a pretty good option because if he gets anything through the air, that's just going to be a bonus because he should have, you know, a couple rushing touchdowns this week. Yeah. I mean, that's that's basically the way
0: I'm looking at it. And if he was ever going to get – anything in the air, it would be against this Texan secondary.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, one guy that I liked a lot more before Ben just sold me on Cam Newton right there was (laughs) Joe Burrow at 5,500. This is a tournament only play. I wasn't considering him for cash. And that's because it is a pretty tough matchup here against Washington. We know that the Bengals offensive line is a real issue and the Washington football team does have a pretty good pass rush, but all those things considered, that is why Joe Burrow's ownership is going to be pretty low. And I just think the Washington secondary has been showing some real regression lately. We saw Matthew Stafford have a big day, especially in the first half last week against this uh, football team defense. And I just like Joe Burrow as a player. I like his weapons. He's getting T Higgins really involved lately. He still has a good connection with Tyler Boyd. So if there's any chance he'll have time to throw here, I think he puts up some good numbers. He's been due for some touchdowns The touchdowns haven't been there lately. So I do like Joe Burrow a little bit this week at 5500. Yeah, I don't think Joe Burrow is going to tank your
0: lineup for sure. I think he's fairly safe at the price. Um I'm going to be honest, you have you have Alex Smith right below Joe Burrow. My eyes glazed over when I went to Alex Smith, but I'm pretty sure you're about to sell me on him because I I I didn't really consider it. I'll be like just I don't know why I just completely skipped over him.
1: Yeah, I think Alex Smith is actually my favorite dollar for dollar tournament quarterback play this week. Because he's only 5,300, which just allows you to do so many good things with your lineup. Look, we kind of were thinking about playing Alex Smith last week, and we actually rolled him out in season long. He threw for 390 yards last week. He just unfortunately didn't get in the end zone, but he put up a lot of points just on yards alone. He looked pretty decent. Looks like just old check down Alex Smith, which is not a problem here. And this is a really nice matchup here against the Bengals defense. They're 30th in defensive DVOA. I mean, you know the drill by now with the Cincy defense. Alex Smith is going to have a lot of time to throw. The Cincinnati pass rush is absolutely terrible. And that is the number one concern when you're playing guys on the Washington offense, just that they're not going to have time to get the ball down the field. But I mean, they have absolutely no pass rush to worry about here. He's got a lot of weapons with McKissick and Antonio Gibson and Logan Thomas. And of course, Terry McLaurin. I think this is the, I think we could be looking at another 350 yard passing week here for uh, the football team. And, if he just gets in the end zone a couple of times at this price and just the other guys you're going to be able to fit in your lineup, I think it's a really solid tournament build this week. Yeah.
0: I I, I mean, I was a little bit sold before you even said anything, but I'm, I'm fairly sold. And really, I'm more sold on, on Terry McLaurin. Um, I think I'll probably be running Terry McLaurin out in my cash lineup just because you know my main concern is always that the quarterback is not going to have enough time to get it to him. But it, it seems like Alex Smith should this week for sure.
1: Yeah. And then, I mean, next we've got – Two, you know, the backups this week that have been thrust into starting roles. They're the exact same price all the way down at $4,800. I mean, that's like, that's like TJ Hawkinson price range. And that is going to be Taysom Hill and PJ Walker. Taysom Hill going up against the Falcons. PJ Walker going up against the Lions. So they're both in a dome here. Um, Or actually the, the Panthers game might be at home, but either way, weather's not an issue. Great matchup for both of these guys who are you more inclined to play here between Taysom Hill and PJ Walker? Cause I'm probably going to have a mix of both, but I'm curious who you prefer.
0: Well, Aaron, you know that I'm a Houston sports fan and you know that PJ Walker was the MVP of the XFL as a member of the Houston Roughnecks. And therefore I'm going to have to pull my, pull my biased fan card and roll out PJ Walker in a few tournaments. I um, <laughs> I mean, to be completely objective, I still think it's P.J. Walker just because I, I don't believe in Taysom Hill. I, the man cannot throw a football, in my opinion. And uh, if it's going to be a Tebow offense, I mean, he's going to get some production out there, but I'd rather take the gamble on P.J. Walker if I'm taking a $4,800 quarterback.
1: Yeah, I definitely think both of them are going to get there. So, like, you can play both of them in any format just because they're not going to kill your lineup. Pretty good odds they give you the little fire emoji next to their score on the DraftKings app, but... I do think PJ Walker has the higher upside just because we know Taysom Hill is just not a great passer. The Falcons are going to come up with, even though the Falcons have a bad defense, you've got to be able to come up with some kind of game plan to just, they're not going to just let gimmicky Taysom Hill plays, beat them consistently for four straight quarters. They're going to find some way to contain him. PJ Walker, on the other hand, he's a real quarterback and I just like the Panthers offense. I mean, unfortunately there's no Christian McCaffrey this week who we would have been all in on, but... He still has Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore still out there, Curtis Samuels ready to go. I just think PJ Walker's got a chance here to come out and turn some heads. So I think PJ Walker is the move if you want to pay all the way down. I definitely recommend mixing in both of them if you're making a bunch of lineups. But yeah, I'm going to see myself having a lot of Alex Smith and PJ Walker this week and then just going nuts with the rest of my uh with the rest of my money I'll have to spend.
0: Does make the rest of your lineup construction easy, and and part of the hard decisions this week is whether or not you want to take Alvin Kamara or, or Dalvin Cook to start your running back slate. Um, I'm just gonna say that I am gonna go with Dalvin Cook this week, just because second half Minnesota Vikings, second half of the season, that is, that's a narrative that I that I fully believe in and I just really have no idea what the Saints offense is going to look like with Taysom Hill I don't know if he's going to vulture the red zone touches I don't know if general rushing rushing usage is going to go to Taysom Hill you know by a tick so uh, I'm going to take the the known in Dalvin Cook in both cash and tourneys and just hope he doesn't get injured because you know that's always a legitimate concern
1: yeah if you make me pick one it is probably going to be Dalvin Cook this week just because he's slightly cheaper the offense is more straightforward I mean, we just know Dallas's defense doesn't have much to stop Dalvin Cook and the usage has just been through the roof lately, but I am going to fiddle around and see if I can make a couple of lineups where I can get both Kamara and Cook in there. And I do think it's possible with the, uh, the cheap quarterback we mentioned, and then guys like Jacoby Myers, who we like, who's really cheap, you know, we can always find a cheap tight end and a cheap defense. So I will fiddle around and look for a possible way to mix in both of these guys this week, but. If I just have to pick one for cash or just one to play overall dollar for dollar, I agree with you. It's going to be Dalvin Cook for me this week.
0: And I do want to mention, you know, I I, I put those two names side by side. Derek Henry is also up there at eighty two at $8,200, and he's also a, a great play. I think he's actually a really good play this week, especially in, in tournaments. Um, I think people are going to be a little scared off when they see he's facing Baltimore, but the Ravens are extremely injured right now, especially in their defensive line and their linebacking core. So they're not really what they used to be in terms of the run defense. They're still, I think they're still above average, which is why I say, you know, Derrick Henry isn't a lock and he's better in tournaments, but people are, I think people are going to get scared off by Baltimore and Derrick Henry might have a really nice, really nice day on, you know, 25 touches.
1: Yeah. I think that's actually a good call by you right there. Um, we saw the, we saw the run and get torched last week. I mean, Damian Harris was awesome against them last week and, you know, Derek Henry is just a better version of Damian Harris. And we know the Titans are going to be looking to run the ball here. They don't want Ryan Tannehill just dropping back all day against the Ravens defense. So I do think that's a pretty sneaky call there. He should be low owned. So, uh, yeah, I kind of like that in tournaments and, uh, another guy who I really like this week is going to be miles Sanders at $6,900. Look, the, the Eagles have to realize eventually that when they get miles Sanders, the ball, good things happen. And when they don't give miles Sanders the ball, Carson Wentz just makes absolutely terrible things happen. Eventually, Doug Peterson is going to figure this out. And when he does, it's going to be big for Miles Sanders, who's been really effective in the touches he's been given this year. He's healthy coming into this game. And Miles Garrett uh, got put on the COVID list this week. So he's not going to play this week for the Browns defense. That is a big bump down to the Browns defense as a whole. So I think the Eagles are going to have an easier time moving the ball. I just think it's going to work out well for the Eagles offense. I think they're going to get into the red zone. And when they do get into the red zone, I think Miles Sanders is going to be able to cash in with some touchdowns this week. So I think Miles Sanders is another pretty sneaky play here at
0: $6,900. I don't hate the, I don't hate the Sanders call for sure. And and we're going to take a big leap down because the next guy that I have that I like is Damian Harris, who we've already talked about. And he's all the way down at 5,700. Um, Damian Harris is probably going to be my second cash running back. He got, 22 carries last week against baltimore he got 100 yards and he's had 100 yards in two out of the last three weeks so you know it was not a one-off um he has a questionable tag along with 14 other patriots but it sounds like he's gonna play and they didn't activate sony michelle off of the injured reserve so i definitely like damian harris in all formats i i just i need to repeat the houston texans cannot tackle or play assignments and last week we just saw both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt run for 100 or more yards each.
1: Both of them. They both ran for 100 plus each. (laughs) In the same game. (laughs) And they play on the same team. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. There's there's really very few arguments against Damian Harris this week. I mean, he doesn't get the usage in the passing game, but look, they don't throw the ball very much, so that's not an issue. Sometimes Rex Burkhead gets the goal line carries, but I mean, what are you going to do? If Damian Harris gets him down there, I mean, there's they're not just going to pull him when they get on the goal line because he's a big back that's just going to uh, absolutely bully this Texans defense that we have watched all year not be able to tackle big physical ball carriers. So, yeah, I have very little reason to be hesitant on Damian Harris this week.
0: Yeah, and somebody you know around that similar price, uh, actually the exact same price now that I look at it, well, $100 less, but That's probably not going to make a huge difference in your lineup. Is going to be Kalen Balaj at fifty six hundred. Um, I never thought I'd be saying the name Kalen Balaj on a on a fantasy sports podcast. Um, Anthony Lynn, the man that Aaron loves more than anything, more than anything and anyone in the world, has said that Kalen Balaj is going to be the Chargers' lead back this week. This is also going to be the last week before Austin Eckler comes back, at least probably. Um, I, I think it's hilarious that Kalen Balazs went from not being able to physically catch a football last year to being like a pretty decent running back. But I mean, here we are, I think it's a pretty good play in formats. I think of him this week as if he was chase Edmonds and he's starting, he's like, you know, a pretty explosive back who can catch passes in a in a good offense. So uh, I think Kalen Balazs is definitely in play and it's against the jets, which definitely counts for something.
1: I mean, if, if Anthony Lynn just hadn't found enough ways to just irk me and get under my skin, like the season's over the one exciting thing that I have in my life as a chargers fan is that Justin Herbert is completely electric and is really fun to watch. So like, what does Anthony Lynn do? He just, he wants to go out and establish a run with Kalen Balaj and not let Justin Herbert do absolutely anything to try to win a game when he's just like the best downfield passer in the history of the sport. I yeah, I mean Anthony Lynn really likes Camlin Belage, which means he's probably a good play this week. But Anthony I, I Lynn was a, was a running backs coach. Yes. Yeah, he was a running backs coach, and then he got promoted to head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers, where um, he cycles through a lot of running backs. Not not many wins, but there are a lot of effective. so <laughs> a lot of running backs that you know emerge off the practice squad and seem to be able to play decently. Yeah, I mean, why why use Justin Herbert and you know let him develop and you know force the ball to Keenan Allen and Mike Williams when you can just establish the run with Kalen Bellage You know, love it. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> I didn't realize I was didn't
0: realize I was going to trigger you this much by recommending Kalen Bellage He's probably a decent play.
1: Fine. <laughs> Someone I like more is uh is going to be J D McKissick at fifty two hundred. Look. Checkdown Alex Smith is back, baby. He's all the way back. You want to know how back checkdown Alex Smith is? Well, how about this? JD McKissick, the past two weeks, has seen 29 targets out of the backfield. That is absolutely unbelievable. 15 targets and then 14 targets. He is still getting some running work. He even ran for a touchdown last week. They run plays every drive to get this man the ball. They had like multiple wheel routes last week where McKissick almost had touchdown passes, but Smith didn't get the ball there in time. I mean, the Alex Smith and JD McKissick stack is like really unique. You don't usually get too many quarterback running back stacks, but McKissick is basically a wide receiver. And I think there's a pretty good chance. He finally gets the passing uh, the receiving touchdown that he's been looking for lately. It's a super cheap stack and a, Look, I mean, McKissick, he's somewhat safe in this new football team offense. He's put up 17 points two weeks in a row. So, I mean, there's just not much a dislike here about McKissick. That is actually nuts. I didn't realize yet. That's like, I mean, he's Michael Thomas. That's that's a ridiculous amount of targets. Dude, he's Michael Thomas with, you know, two letters in his first name. Incredible. <laughs> uh,
0: you know Again, J.D. McKissick was somebody who I just sort of, you know, glanced over. So I'm glad you're here. But some a dude that did catch my eye was going to be Salvin Ahmed, the the new number one running back in Miami, who's only forty eight hundred dollars. I mean, this is about as cheap as you can possibly find, like a bell cow running back. I will say it was hard for me to choose between him and Duke Johnson. Um, Ahmed. It appears like the Dolphins have a run game that actually is functional because Miles Gaskin was doing pretty well, and then Salvin Ahmed just sort of stepped in and had. 85 yards with a touchdown last week, but he's up against the Broncos this week and their run defense is fine. And the Patriots are dead last in DVOA, which makes me want to dip back into the Duke Johnson pool for only $400 more. Um, Aside from the Texans coaching incompetence, I can see no real reason why Duke Johnson shouldn't be able to get like eight or 10 rushes between the tackles, a few screen targets, and he might even break off an outside run against that bad defense. Right? So who would you take between Duke Johnson and Salvin Ahmed? Let's say, you know, you went you went very expensive and, and you took Damian Harris and you're looking to fill your second
1: running back slot. So the answer to that question specifically is going to be Ahmed. Um, I do like him a little more than Duke Johnson just because they. I just don't have confidence in Romy Canell and that uh, Texans coaching staff to not just give Duke Johnson the ball up the middle 15 times again, which will not work yet again. Um and the I just think the Dolphins offense is just a little more stable. I I do not really like Ahmed this week because you said it's gonna be tough to find a Belcout running back this low. Well, Ben, I think you might have forgotten that Adrian Peterson is back this week and he is uh four thousand dollars. So I think he's a better option in cash. I'd rather pay up for McKissick in tournaments. So basically that is a long way of saying. The only Ahmed I am playing at $4,800 is Nick Ahmed at Coors.
0: (laughs) That's pretty good. I didn't forget about Adrian Peterson. I'm just not playing him because I, I mean, they said that Carrion Johnson is going to take the DeAndre Swift uh, change of pace back role. And I don't trust Adrian Peterson to get 20 touches while he has a clone out there on the field. Who's younger. Um, I I don't know. I I think it's going to be more split than maybe people are, are thinking. So I think I'm not playing Peterson at, at 4K.
1: Yeah, I'm probably not going to play him too much in tournaments. But look, we're talking about 4K. And he's going up against the Panthers, who have been, you know, one of the worst teams in the whole NFL giving up fantasy points to the running back position. I think Peterson's going to get the goal line carries. I would not be surprised if he gets about 20 touches in this game. Um, you know, I do agree with you. You know, if you dislike fun, then – Adrian Peterson's probably your guy because it's not going to be very fun to watch Adrian Peterson play. You mentioned he's not the change of pace back, and that is because Adrian Peterson has one pace, and it's you know moderately slow these days. But <laughs> he does seem to know where to go, and that is important, and he does know how to get into the end zone still at this old age. But yeah, I think in cash, Peterson's a pretty safe play at 4K and E let you get a uh, very fun with the rest of your lineup. I do think it's hilarious that they're calling carry on Johnson, a change of pace guy.
0: Like, like how are you an NFL team that does not have a pass catching running back? What happened to Amir Abdullah? You know what I mean? Like,
1: well, I mean, they, they have Swift. I mean, he's just hurt, you know?
0: Well, no, but I mean, that's what I mean. Like everybody has some guy on the practice squad that can call up and catch passes, uh, but not the lions.
1: No, not the lions, but I mean, it's the lions. We can't really expect too much. I mean, uh, Kenny Galladay is out yet again, but. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, dude, it's it's brutal. We were we were pretty big on Kenny Galladay this year. That has not worked out. I know, man. He just can't stay healthy. It's a bummer. But I don't know. It could work out for Adrian Peterson this week. They are going to I think they can run the ball pretty effectively against the Panthers because everyone else has so far this year. Yeah, I mean, I mean you're probably right. I mean, Adrian Peterson at 4K
0: is a, is a good play, and I hate how boring it is. Yeah, I can't disagree with the
1: boringness factor.
0: <laughs> All right, so with that, I think we're gonna move on to wide receiver, which is absolutely not boring. There is a there there's a lot of places you can go at wide out this this week, and a lot of cheap options that we'll get to later. Personally, I don't really love paying up at wide receiver, especially in cash. I think most of my guys are gonna be sort of mid to low priced. I think my like you know my most expensive guys probably Terry McLaurin at at 6,900, which is pretty expensive, but there's not many up there, so. Um, I'm going to go ahead and throw it to Aaron because I think he might have uh, a bell cow receiver that he likes this week.
1: Yeah, I do have one high-priced wide receiver that I really like this week, and it is the high-priced wide receiver. It's going to be Devontae Adams at 8,600. Look, these slates with these uh, cheap guys are my favorite slates because I get to do fun things like play Devontae Adams in a tough matchup um, against the Colts, who are a very respectable defense, and they are very good, but at the same time, I really think it'll be more effective slowing down Aaron Jones. If you get Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers in a dome, which they will be in a dome this week, I just don't really think there's a way to slow down this passing attack. Devontae Adams is always open. Rodgers will pepper him with 15, 16 targets every single time they need to move the ball. This should be a very competitive game. There should be points put on the board here. Devontae Adams, 8,600. People might, I'm hoping, they shy away because of the price and the matchup. I'm not sure they are dumb enough to actually do it because I saw a stat this week. The last five games Devontae Adams has played in the Dome, he averages averages 33 DraftKings points a game. So I think this is a pretty good spot here. to, If you can force Devontae Adams in your lineup, maybe you played $4,000 Adrian Peterson. I do like running it back with Adams this week at 8,600. I think he is worth the spend up this week. Yeah, I mean it's Devonte Adams, so
0: I can't really say much about it. I will say that the the one thing that the Colts defense is really exceptional at is playing the funnel defense, where they they limit the big plays. So if Adams is going to do it, he's going to do it in fifteen to twenty yard chunk bursts, um, like at most. And which you know is certainly possible because you're right, he is going to get peppered with fifteen to sixteen targets. But I think it it presents this margin for error where I, I'm gonna I'm personally gonna look elsewhere and actually the person i'm going to look at elsewhere is terry mclaurin for almost you know two thousand dollars less um we are a huge terry mclaurin proponent podcast um we i mean he's always a great play but especially now cincinnati's a great matchup who won't pressure alex smith too much i just think honestly this might be like a sneaky fun game to watch just like in general this might be a really good football game and terry mclaurin is you know most of the the Washington football team's offense so I expect a lot of air yards and probably a touchdown for McLaurin this week
1: yeah I mean our next step is a podcast you know besides really getting big viral is to get an NFL player on our podcast you know we see that from the big name podcast these days and if we ever do get an NFL player on our podcast I feel like Tara McLaurin Ben should be on the short list of guys that we invite don't you agree yeah no it, it's definitely a <laughs> The Terry invite is in the cards. Yeah, Terry McLaurin, Brandon Cooks, you know, Drew Sample, maybe one of those guys. Get him on the pod. Feels like Drew Sample's pretty realistic. Yeah, I mean, I there might be a lot of people clamoring to get him on the pod, but at the same time, maybe not. So his schedule <laughs> might actually be more free than we think. But yeah, all jokes aside, Terry McLaurin. Absolutely great play this week. Look, I really like the uh, the Alex Smith, JD McKissick, Terry McLaurin stack. I think it's very sneaky. I think it's pretty fun. Uh, He's a big play waiting to happen. He really, he's hit a couple like 40-yard touchdowns this week. I still think he has like a 70-yard touchdown in him, and it could definitely be coming this week. We know that the only thing that this offense needs is time to throw. I've already talked about it. They will have time to throw, which means they will have time to get the ball to Terry. They look for him a lot. He draws a lot of fouls. He just gets a lot of chunk plays to them. So, yeah, Ben, Terry McCormick this week, I am right there with you.
0: Yeah, and if you really don't want to play Terry, there's uh, there's three receiving options on one team that you may be interested in, and that's going to be the Steelers this week. Um, I'm going to talk about Juju at 6,400, but I mean we could just we could talk about all of the Steelers here. Basically, I think all three are very much in play. Um, I expect the Steelers air attack to be a little chalky in tournaments, but I don't think it's going to be so chalky to where you can't play it for sure. Um, and in cash, I think all three of them are viable as well. They've all, literally all three of them, have been getting double-digit targets lately. Um, so, personally, I think it's Juju and Claypool for this week. I think Deontay Johnson's going to be the odd man out against the Jacksonville secondary that it just lacks the physicality to match both Juju and Claypool. But I think Deontay is also playable, and I'm not mad at, at that call either. It, it's, it's really tough to decide which stealer you want this week, basically.
1: Yeah, I mean, we can sit here and, you know, be fake and just pretend like we know which Steeler wide receiver is going to be the best option. But, I mean, let's just be honest. They all get similar usage every single week. They all are involved. You know, they all are, you know, threats to score touchdowns. It's not like one of them gets used way more or way differently than any of the other ones. So, I mean, I think the way to play it is if you're just making one lineup or you're making very little lineups, you just got to pick whichever one, you know, fits your lineup the best price-wise or whichever one you have a gut feeling about. And if you're playing a bunch of different lineups, you should probably just have some exposure to all three of them. But yeah, I mean, I think it would just be very fake of us to sit here and pretend like we know exactly which Steelers wide receiver to play this week. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I got gut feeling that like Juju and Claypool are going to be the
0: big names and Deontay is going to, you know, maybe not do as much, but.
1: I would not be surprised if Deontay ends up being the one with two scores. Yeah, I mean, we have no like data and, you know, scheme stuff to back that up. I mean, I might lean Deontay just because he's the cheapest of the three, but I mean, we don't know. But I mean, the interesting thing is, you know, sometimes they all three get there. You know, they don't go off, but they can all three get there at the same time, especially against Jacksonville. But yeah. Yeah. And they, I mean, yeah, they did it last week. They could, they could definitely do it again. Yeah. So, I mean, just pick your Steelers wide receiver and they will probably get there this week. Hopefully, you pick the one that goes for 30.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the interesting thing is like, I I think we both think that one of them will. It's just, I agree. Anyway. So moving on, there's, there's Adam Thielen at 6,300, only a hundred less than Juju. Uh, Adam Thielen has been pretty boom or bust this year, but this is a pretty good boom spot. Him and uh, him and Kirk cousins were on the same page against a pretty good bears defense where, you know, Thielen caught two touchdowns and salvaged the, the small amount of yardage, but he looks healthy. He's running nice routes. He just looks good. eye test wise. And, We haven't picked on the Dallas defense in a while, so we certainly can, and I'm not going to overthink it. I'm going to pick on the Dallas defense and and roll out Thielen for sure at 6,300.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking very similarly to you in this regard this week because my next guy here was going to be Justin Jefferson in the same offense. Uh, You mentioned that Adam Thielen has been very effective catching touchdowns this year and not as effective as usual just as far as racking up the receptions and the yards, but a lot of that is because uh, there have been quite a few targets going Justin Jefferson's way. He just looks like a really great NFL wide receiver that will be a staple on this podcast for years to come in this wide receiver section. Um, man, he's just awesome. He puts up a lot of yards. He's getting some catches. Ben mentioned we have been eager to pick on this Dallas defense. Seems like we haven't done it in a long time. I think Jefferson could have one of his big breakout games. He's already had a couple of those this year. I'm not going to be surprised if it's another 30 burger and uh, maybe a very long touchdown, get you that 100 yard bonus uh, for the DK points. And yeah, I mean, I think the Vikings passing attack is a uh, very sneaky. We do love Dalvin cook this week, but maybe it's a tournament lineup and for some reason you don't have Dalvin cook. Don't be afraid to maybe make a little bit of a leverage play and run the Vikings passing attack out there. Cause they could very easily uh, go off this week against Dallas. Yeah.
0: And uh i also like justin jefferson and now i'm sort of talking myself into a minnesota stack as we as we speak but i I do want to say usually i don't like to say that i'm outright fading players but i am going to say that i am outright fading will fuller this week um against the belichick patriots here's his last three game stat lines one catch for eight yards three catches for 16 yards and three catches for 31 yards Bill Belichick absolutely loves to take away this deep threat of Will Fuller and make the rest of the offense work to get down the field. And I don't expect anything to change this year. Uh, I mean, keep in mind that, you know, the the Patriots defenses of old were better than this current Patriots defense. But I think that this is more of a coaching scheme thing than than anything to do with the talent on the field. And so I'm going to stay away from Will Fuller this week. He's 6,200. I would rather play Justin Jefferson in, in most circumstances.
1: Yeah, I mean, you I, I agree with the point you made. You know, the defense isn't as good as it usually is for New England, but I think my main thing against Wolf Fuller this week is I just like other guys, you know, in the price range more. I like the Vikings guys more. I like all of the Steelers guys more. You know, it's just kind of a price thing with Wolf Fuller this week. This probably isn't the week he goes nuts, even though it is a fine matchup and he's got the upside, but yeah, I'm probably with you there on the Wolf Fuller fade just for this week. Yeah.
0: And um, so that was a little bit of a micro matchup. I mean, I'm basically taking Bill Belichick against Will Fuller. So I'm going to go with a different micro matchup. Desmond Trufant is going to be matched up against DJ Moore this week. That matchup is very good for DJ Moore on paper. Uh, Desmond Trufant's like a crafty veteran at this point. He's lost a step. DJ Moore is one of the fastest guys in the league. I could definitely see DJ Moore just beating this man on a fly route or two. I definitely like DJ Moore in tournaments, just not really as a dart throw because he's 5,600. But yeah, you know, dj moore's floor is not that low so i like dj moore in tournaments regardless of whoever plays quarterback in carolina and if i was gonna play pj walker i think dj moore is my number one stack option on this offense
1: yeah i think i do agree with you about him being the best stack option i disagree with you about his floor not being too low i think we've already seen his floor can be pretty low just because they do prefer robbie anderson as far as the usage but D.J. Moore does have the big play upside, so he has a very high ceiling. Um, I just don't think anyone has a very high floor when there's a backup quarterback involved making his first NFL start. But uh, I do agree with you. It's a sneaky tournament play. I wish it was a little bit cheaper, but maybe the price tag uh, keeps the ownership down even more. So I do think it's pretty sneaky.
0: Yeah, and... Uh... For the same prices, your your boy's right there,
1: dude. I'm I'm gonna let you go and take take. Yeah, that, I that's mean, your boy. You listened for me. You just saved me a couple couple of clicks on the laptop because I do like Tyler Boyd this week. He's 5600. I mentioned that I do like Joe Burrow this week a little bit. Tournaments only, uh, albeit. But look, I mentioned that the Washington secondary has been getting uh, picked on a little bit more lately, and we know Joe Burrow does like himself a little bit at Tyler Boyd. He's 5600. The prices come down on him. I uh, think he's due for a touchdown here. I'm not going to be surprised if he gets in the end zone. And I, I just have a sneaky feeling this game might turn into a little bit of a shootout if the Wash if the Cincinnati offensive line can put up any sort of effort at all, which they definitely might not. And Burrow might just be on his back the whole game. But if he's not on his back the whole game, I do think he will be throwing it uh, to his guy Tyler Boyd here. who's he was pretty sneaky at this price. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you're, you're talking me into the Bengals a little bit. The, m- the more I think
0: about it, I'm like, my only issue is I looked at Burrow's game log and he really hasn't done it against good defenses yet, but that certainly doesn't mean he can't. And also the the Washington defense might be a little overstated from the first 10 weeks.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Bengals stack is just kind of intriguing because there's so many pieces on Washington you could run it back with and just get a full game stack that, you know, the, the game script, it makes sense for your line of construction.
0: Yeah. And and if we're gonna talk about your guy, I'm gonna talk about my guy, and that's Brandon Cooks at fifty two hundred. This is definitely my cash lock personally. Um I think I think Aaron's about to get into his cash lock after this, but this is my cash lock. I'm not gonna put any stock in a bad weather game last week against the Browns, in which he still caught six balls on eight targets. Um the, the floor is there the ceiling's there brandon cooks is one of my favorite plays on the slate again it's a horrible new england defense this is a pro brandon cooks podcast brandon cooks i'm, I'm waiting for you to email me back
1: wait you email brandon cooks no i never emailed brandon cooks oh well that would be i mean if his email is just floating around out there he definitely should email the podcast maybe he'll add <laughs> us on twitter or something one of these days if he ever wins this a tournament but uh Yeah, you talked about it. My next guy here I really do like is going to be Jacoby Myers. Um, Oof, This is a tough one for me because I also do like Brandon Cooks a little bit, but we haven't done a gentleman's bet in quite some time, and I do think the Texans' defense is a little bit worse than the New England defense, despite what DVOA says. So you want to lock in a little gentleman's bet here? Uh, Brandon Cooks versus Jacoby Myers
0: oh man do I you're up you're I, also, free to I also like I, yeah but I also like Jacoby myers yeah I mean whatever I'll, I'll lock and load it but but I'm I'm sort of on your side a little bit too because I, I like Jacoby myers this week as well
1: yeah I mean we like both of them so let's just make it a you know this is your guy thing versus a guy that I have been on lately especially in some showdown slates um he has definitely emerged as the number one wide receiver in New England they've been getting a lot of targets his way uh they don't pass the ball too much but when they do pass the ball Cam Newton has definitely found something in Jacoby Myers, especially since Julian Edelman has been out, which he will be out um, again this week. The Texans' secondary is terrible. Jacoby Myers hasn't really found the end zone much, uh, and I think that could change this week. So, yeah, everyone's going to be locked in on Damian Harris in the run game this week for the Pats. But if you want to get a little contrarian and go with the Pats' passing attack, Jacoby Myers at 4,900. Man, he's got the floor and the ceiling combination that uh, you really love to see here on the slate. Yeah, yeah, he definitely does. And then uh, another guy this week who I think will be very sneaky is going to be Brashad Perryman at $4,300. I played Brashad Perryman um, a couple weeks ago in a showdown slate, and he did very well for me. It was the last time they played against the Patriots. He had seven targets, which they were all like down the field, deep ball targets. We know Joe Flacco does like to throw the ball down the field when he gets the chance. Um, The Chargers secondary in its current state, you know, without Chris Harris, without Derwin James – It's really nothing to be afraid of. Uh, Joey Bosa is expected to be back this week, so the Chargers defense as a whole might get a bump, but the secondary specifically is nothing to be too um, afraid of. So with the Jets, hopefully, hopefully the Jets will be trailing in this game like they should be for my personal sanity. I think that will lead to Brashad Perriman getting some targets. I would not be surprised if he scores a touchdown and puts up 20 DraftKings points this week at 4,300 if you want to get a little crazy. I have, I I have no problem admitting
0: I have not watched a whole lot of the New York Jets this year is so Casey Hayward is
1: healthy, right? Casey Hayward is healthy. He has not been great. So there is that, but you know, he's, he's not been terrible. So do do you think he'll shadow
0: Crowder or is Crowder going to move around in the slot? I, I honestly don't even know what the, what the dynamic is there.
1: Yeah. So Crowder is their number one wide receiver and he has been playing primarily in the slot. Um, Hayward usually doesn't shadow he usually just kind of goes where the scheme takes him so I think he'll probably see a little bit of time on both guys this week and I just think it's an upside play I think there's a chance that the Jets fall pretty far behind in this game they're going to be throwing a lot Joe Flacco likes to throw the ball down the field and Perryman is the guy that can make plays in the secondary and the Chargers secondary lately has had a tendency to have some lapses in coverage is my thinking here
0: yeah no that's totally fair i'm just trying to i'm just trying to figure out because you know if, if casey hayward was going to be locked on crowder i would i would that would be a big bump to pair him in because you know i think he, he would be more likely to be open and more likely to be looked at but um you know either way let's say it's a 50 50 split from hayward and and the other corners then you know it's definitely still a good value play if, if you want to if you want another sort of dart throw i my guy's going to be michael gallup at 3700 i think this is just too cheap he I mean, for 3,700, he only has to catch like three balls to get you there. Uh, we've seen Andy Dalton be a serviceable quarterback in this league before. It's not like he's a rookie. The Minnesota defense isn't great. Specifically, the secondary is really not great. And Michael Gallup is a talented playmaker who showed it for an entire year last year. So I think this is a pretty good dart throw. Maybe you get lucky and you get the Michael Gallup week for
1: 3,700.
0: Could definitely win you a tournament.
1: If he wins someone a tournament, uh, I'm going to be honest, I will be quite surprised just because their, their passing offense has not been there since Dak has gone down. I know Dalton has been gone for most of that, and he is fine sometimes. The Gallup usage, man, has just not been there all year. They've put a lot of those targets towards CD Lamb. I don't really see why that would change, Uh yeah, I'm not gonna play Gallup this week, but if he hits, man, I will give you all the prop on that call. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had to hold myself back from recommending CD lamb actually. i I was really thinking about doing that as well, but uh, I just like Gallup for the money and and he has he saw a tick up in targets the last two weeks, so I'm just thinking he's trending in the right direction for a guy who's getting cheaper and cheaper.
1: Yeah, and there is a chance the game script works out, you know, if Minnesota is hops out to the lead and is able to score as effectively as we think they might. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, well, I'm ready to go to tight end if you are.
0: Yeah, so again, tight end. If uh, if you're playing FanDuel, not DraftKings, play Taysom Hill. Please taste. play Taysom Hill. Don't overthink it. You have to play the man. If you're in season long you're thinking about a tight end to play, play Taysom Hill for the rest of us. So for me and Aaron playing DraftKings this this weekend, Um. I like Mark Andrews at 4,900. I mean, okay, so we are a punt tight end pod. We are a punt tight end podcast who will almost always advocate for that, but this is pretty cheap for Mark Andrews. He's usually more like six grand. I know he hasn't done much. The Ravens offense hasn't looked great. I've said I thought this is a a bounce back. Mark Andrews is the random two touchdown connoisseur. He could always strike again. Um, It's just this stack will never be cheaper and it's against a bad defense. So unless you are completely out on the Baltimore Ravens, I think this is the week you probably roll them out and, and, you know, see if the offense can put it up for one more week.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is really cheap to get a guy that we know has the talents. I'm not anti Mark Andrews, but I am anti his quarterback. So man, the Lamar Jackson passing game has just not been there at all, but man, I do love picking against the Titans. So maybe, maybe Mark Andrews will get there. Um, Two guys in really similar spots this week that I just think are similar players, and I really do like quite a bit this week. It's going to be Hayden Hurst at forty four hundred and TJ Hawkinson at forty two hundred. Both of them as uh, both of them have decent matchups. I mean, I mentioned I was pretty scared of the Saints' defense, but when it comes to a tight end who just kind of dinks and ducks his way to thirteen DraftKings points, I don't think matchup can be too relevant. I actually think it can help uh, the tight end a little bit if I think the wide receivers might struggle a little bit on the outside, which I think might be the case for Atlanta. Hayden Hurst has just been really solid. He's been putting up double-digit games pretty often lately. And then TJ Hawkinson, we've been riding him a lot lately. He let us down big time last week. He only put up three points last week, but I don't think this is a good uh, spot to just jump off the TJ Hawkinson train. It is a matchup here versus the Panthers. We know the Panthers have a pretty soft defense. Kenny Galladay as we mentioned is out again I think Hawkinson is in a good spot to have a bounce back week and I'm hoping a lot of people um get scared off of the game log and see his bad game last week because I'm ready to lock and load TJ Hawkinson once again at this price
0: yeah Hawkinson's Huck- definitely a good call um I, I got Dallas Goddard at, at 3,800 I think it's a good matchup against Cleveland who I mean they don't really have very good over the middle coverage or safety play um God, it should serve as Wentz's safety valve here. I mean, you mentioned it. They don't give the ball to Miles Sanders as much as they should. I don't really expect that to change this week. Um, I'm, I'm, this is more just a note to myself. I'm interested to see how the offense looks as Alshon Jeffery gets reincorporated, as Jalen Rager gets like his second week of actual game action as the deep threat. I'm wondering if that's going to open up stuff for the tight end over the middle and they just treat him like a, like the budget Zach Ertz that he is. Um, and outside of Goddard, Logan Thomas at 3300 is going to be my my pick for the punt tight end. He had six targets last week. Should be in, in line for a similar workload. He's a you know probably the second or third best option in this offense, and the Bengals defense is is terrible. So you know Thomas at 3300. If they're going to dink and dunk to McKissick, they're also going to dink and dunk to Thomas. Um, you know for for at least parts of this game.
1: Yeah, I cannot agree with more with you on Logan Thomas. He's my favorite tight end dollar for dollar. I'm going to be rolling him out there in many of my lineups this week, man. I just love so many of the cheap guys. I'm going to have a lot of fun going stars and scrubs this week. Uh, Logan Thomas will be a big part of that for me at tight end.
0: Yep. And then, so I'm going to go ahead and transition us into our little stack segment where we pick, um, a chalky stack and and a sneaky stack. Or in the case of this week, we actually have many stacks to, to talk about, um, I'll, I'll just go ahead and start my, my chalky stacks for the week are definitely going to be the Steelers air attack. Um, I, again, I said, Ben Juju and Claypool. I think I'm probably going to leave out Deontay Johnson, but um, if I, you know, if I'm playing multiple lineups, I'll switch that up. I'll probably take Juju out and, and put Johnson in one, something like that. And then uh, the Texans, Deshaun and Cooks, it's not really a stack, but it's, I mean, it is a stack, but it's not a, a a three-person, a four-person stack. But I expect both those guys to be pretty high-owned, and I'm still going to be rolling them out in a lot of lineups.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, the Texans are always fair. Um, My chalk stack is, I'm going to agree with you on Pittsburgh. Uh, I do think they'll be somewhat chalky this week. It's kind of hard to project where the ownership is going to be going just because there's so many good plays. But um, I guess if I'm just going chalky stacks in general, I would say Dalvin Cook, just as a chalk play, he's a very good option kind of the stack lineup construction of Dalvin cook, Adrian Peterson. I think that is going to be a chalky lineup construction play in general. And that is a lineup construction chalk stack that I do agree with and like, so I would say Dalvin cook and Adrian Peterson paired together will be chalky, but I agree with it. So that would be my chalk combo right there.
0: Yeah, that's, that's totally fair. I didn't even think of the, that's, you know, the, the high, low running back combo there. Yeah. Um, as far as sneaky stacks go, my favorite one is definitely the Patriots ground stack, which is, I mean, you never hear of a ground stack in, in PPR DFS, but Cam Newton, Damian Harris, Jacoby Myers is just a stack that I am absolutely in love with this week. Uh, another stack that I don't love as much, but I do like it is going to be the Ravens one. I think people are scared off after the last couple of weeks. Lamar Brown, Andrews are never going to be cheaper than they are right now. And then I didn't really know if this would be sneaky or chalky because, again, we don't really know where a lot of the ownership's going because there's so many good plays. But the Falcons, they're all expensive except for Matt Ryan. But I think they really just might get it done against a good defense in the Saints and go Ryan, Ridley, Julio and, you know, go cheap at running back.
1: Yeah, I think that definitely qualifies as sneaky. Um, my sneaky stack um, is going to be the Washington football team. That's not going to surprise you if you listen to the first, you know, hour or so of this podcast. I really like Alex Smith, JD McKissick, Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas, all of those guys. Um, Antonio Gibson is fine uh, if, you, if he falls in there, but I do like McKissick a little bit more this week. The Packers, uh, specifically just Rodgers and Devontae Adams, you know, the old fashioned, really expensive stack, but I think it goes overlooked this week just because the Colts' defense is very good and respectable. But if you put Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams in the dome in a game that should see some points, I think matchup kind of goes out the window with those two guys there. So I do like the Packers there. And then the Vikings passing attack we talked about, people are going to be ready to play Dalvin Cook. He's going to be really high-owned. I think a really nice leverage play this week might be Kirk Cousins paired with Thielen or Jefferson or both because the Cowboys defense can be had, and uh, both of those guys have the potential to go off for some big big 30-point games. So uh, Kirk Cousins might be a little sneaky with that Vikings passing game this week. As far as your Packers
0: stack goes, I forgot to mention this when when we were talking about uh Devontae Adams, but I think Alan Lazard is super in play this week. I know that MVS had the really big week last week, so I think people might be all over him. But again, I mentioned that the Colts defense is sort of a funnel and they they eliminate the big play. They don't let anything go over the top, and that's MVS's whole game. But Alan Lazard is more of a possession guy. I could definitely see him racking up some yards in this in this matchup and being a nice little third head to the to the stack.
1: Yeah, I mean, if he hops right back into his role as the true number two in this offense, which he kind of established himself as before the injury, um, I don't hate that at all. But, yeah, uh, I really will have a couple Packers lineups this week and just hope for low ownership and hope it turns into a shootout there with uh, with old Phil Rivers.
0: Boy, Phil Rivers, you, you just can't quit him.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, I will never forget one random uh, Chargers game wedged into my mind is uh, they were at Lambeau, playing the Packers and Aaron Rodgers back in the Phillip Rivers days. This was a long time ago. Phillip Rivers put up over 500 yards passing, and uh, they lost the game because they had four plays to score a touchdown from the three-yard line. I think they spent three of those four plays throwing like fades to Danny Woodhead. It shockingly did not work out, and they lost, (laughs) even though Phil had 500 passing yards at Lambeau. Fades to Danny Woodhead. Dude, I think they threw like three fades to Danny Woodhead, and I was just like – what is going on? Just throw it to Antonio Gates. Do they not know Antonio Gates played basketball in college? Like, dear God. <laughs> uh,
0: Antonio Gates played basketball in college. Clayton Kershaw was Matthew Stafford's center. Just, you know, all the things that all of us sports fans hear every day. All the things. Julian
1: Edelman is gritty. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. We're going to move on to the bet section where, uh, we spend 500 fake dollars a week. And, um, you know, try and win everybody some money, including us. Basically. Uh, we had a an iffy week last week. We, we lost a little more than $200 as a podcast. I won like 48 Aaron lost, you know, a little over two fifty. It was all because the Ravens lost to the, um, Patriots. Cause we both had the Ravens side in that. So hopefully we won't make another mistake like that. Again, we are up over, you know, a thousand dollars on the year. Um, and with that, I'm just gonna go ahead and get right into mine. Uh, I'm taking the Patriots against the Texans. Patriots minus two, taking them with the spread. I'm betting two hundred dollars to win one hundred and eighty. This is a minus one ten bet. Uh the Patriots rushing attack, I just can't see the Texans stopping it. And even Cam should be able to throw on the defense. I think it's gonna be a high scoring game, but I think that the Texans coaches get outcoached by Bill Belichick again, and everything is once again, you know, correct with the world.
1: Yeah, I think that's definitely fair. Uh taking Bill Belichick against not so little Romeo Cornell. Always a good move there. So, uh, my favorite spread bet of the week is going to be my first bet this week. And it's going to be the Miami Dolphins minus four at the Denver Broncos. Um, This is minus 105 right now. So, I'm going to bet $150 to win 143. Look, Denver is 31st overall in DVOA. They are just a very bad football team. Drew Locke is a bad quarterback with a serious turnover problem. The Dolphins' secondary has been downright nasty this week. They've been forcing turnovers, they've been confusing defenses and look Drew Locke turns the ball over a lot and is a man that just has the face of someone that gets easily confused so <laughs> i can see that coming into play this week i can see Drew Locke giving the ball away a lot on the other side Tua he just does not make mistakes this offense is very solid they move the ball methodically down the field they put up points they have a great kicker i think all that comes into play in and i yeah, I think the Dolphins are able to win this game here by double digits in Denver. So give me the Dolphins minus four all day in this matchup. Yeah, that's that,
0: uh, that's a good pick. Um, I have another, this is, you know, very rare for me. I have a lot of straight up bets that I like and I'm trying to avoid parlaying and teasing them because I'm trying to sort of build up a bankroll here and stop winning 50 bucks a week. <laughs> um, so I've got the Saints Falcons under 49. Um, Taysom, Taysom Hill was announced as a starter and I immediately went. Yeah, okay, it's probably hitting the under and I'm going to um I'm going to stick to that. It's minus 110, so this is another $200 bet to win $180. I just don't trust Taysom Hill he can't pass. I think that they definitely grinded some scores with, you know, the rushing attack and Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara and they they move the ball down methodically, but I don't think it's enough to score like the 21 points that I was that I would expect them to need to cover this spread. I think the Falcons probably put up something like 28. And I think the Saints just don't get there, but you know, the Saints do have the elite defense and they could definitely stymie the Falcons offense as well. So I'm sort of hedging my bets both ways. I don't trust Taysom Hill. The Saints defense is elite. I think the game goes under.
1: Yeah. um, I definitely like that call. If Taysom Hill is in fact the main quarterback, I do think there is a world in which you get hoodwinked, you get bamboozled and uh, Jameis Winston plays more than a slight amount of the snaps this week. And, you know, if Jameis Winston's in the game, we know he is a over machine just because of his yeah, turnovers and yeah. Yeah. So yeah. there is an outside chance you get a little bamboozled this week, but if Taysom Hill is a primary quarterback, I do completely agree with all of your reasoning. And uh yeah, I like you taking the shot there. Two hundred bucks on a total. We haven't done that very often this week, so I do like that there. Um my next bet is gonna be a little bit of a can't lose parlay. Um, I apologize that the odds are, you know, not very fun on it, but it's going to be the Vikings money line with the Steelers money line. I'm going to bet 278 78 to win $150. Um, look, I'm just going to throw this out there. When we were making these bets, the Chiefs game was not on the board, which was very frustrating to me. It's because the Raiders defensive, their whole defense is out with COVID. So that is obviously a problem and they really know what to do with it, but I would have thrown the Chiefs in this parlay and that would have made it the odds a lot better for me, but Look, I'm not going to do that because they're not on the board. But if you're putting these bets in on Sunday, I do kind of like the, throwing the Chiefs in there. But, yeah, I mean, the Vikings are playing the Cowboys in Minnesota. I think Dalvin Cook wins this game for them. Uh, the passing attack, we like them too this week. Andy Dalton's not good. Um, and then the Steelers, they're playing the Jags. I think that Steelers pass rush is in the face of whichever quarterback Jacksonville rolls out there all game long. The We mentioned the three wide receivers. Jacksonville's not going to be able to throw them, slow them down. So, yeah, give me the Vikings and the Steelers in this uh can't lose money line parlay
0: yeah uh I mean, it's uh, I like that one so much that I have both of those teams in my next parlay but I, I definitely think that's right and honestly if you want to throw the chiefs in there on on Sunday if the if the line looks right i'll I'll allow you to do so and update the betting sheet accordingly but um I actually didn't even realize that the Steelers weren't on the on the board but that's that's good enough yeah the chiefs were not on the board yeah yeah, so so my next one is going to be a three-team parlay. Um, this is sort of the long-shot parlay. I believe Aaron's going to follow it up with a long-shot parlay of his own. Um, I don't think it's completely un- unrealistic, but this is a three-team parlay. I'm going to take the over in the Texans-Patriots game. I already explained all my reasoning for why. I think both of these offenses are fine, and both of the defenses are some of the worst football I've ever seen, so I expect the game to go over. Um, I'm going to take the Vikings minus six and a half, so I'm taking the spread and buying half a point to make it you know, if they win by a touchdown, I cash, and that's right where I had the game at um, initially. And I'm going to take the Steelers' money line. So I'm going to be betting $100 to win 315. This is plus 315 odds. Um, you know, we agree on the on the Vikings. Um, I, I, I believe in the second half of the season Vikings narrative. I think Cook and the pass game do well against a Cowboys defense that has fixed absolutely nothing that's wrong with it. The Steelers should definitely easily beat the Jags, but the Steelers do often play down to these like horrible teams when they play them. Uh, We saw that earlier this, like we saw that two weeks ago. Um, So it's enough for me to take the money line and not the spread. Um, And I'm hopefully, I you know, I cash 3x on this parlay.
1: Yeah. Did it let you, uh, it let you do the, it let you buy the point and put you put that in the parlay with the point being bought? Yes, it did. Ooh, I like that. Uh, well, the, the the half point actually, but yes, yeah, the half point, and then let you put that in the parlay, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I really like this parlay for you. I might tail this one myself. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do like this parlay. The more that I look at it, it's pretty intriguing here. Um, you know, the only thing that could go wrong is the Patriots run the ball so well that the clock just evaporates. But yeah, or I mean, the Texans' offense could also
0: have a bad week. I mean, they. I didn't think the Browns defense was good enough to hold on the seven points either, but, and it was bad weather, but you know, Texans offense can always have a bad week with that coaching staff.
1: Yeah. So I actually do like this probably quite a bit for you. I think that's going to be a winner. Um, I only have $72 left after my first two bets were pretty large investments there. So I'm going to take my remaining $72 and throw it in a four team. Let's win big money line parlay. It's going to be the Los Angeles chargers against the jets. Um, Look, the Chargers are playing the Jets, and I was not able to put them in my can't lose parlay. So that tells you how much I trust Anthony Lynn. But I will, I do trust Justin Herbert enough to put them in my, you know, win big long shot money line parlay. So I will take the Chargers over the Jets for the obvious reasons. The Philadelphia Eagles—they're um, going up against the Browns this week. This game's in Cleveland. I mentioned Miles Garrett is out this week. That is huge for that Browns defense. Yeah, that is huge. We know Carson Wentz really struggles under pressure. So just the fact that there's going to be less pressure in his face is decreases the chance for just crucial, mind-blowing Carson Wentz turnovers. So maybe they won't have as many of those this week. Maybe they finally give the ball to Miles Sanders. So I do like getting the plus odds with the Eagles' money line. I'm going to take the Washington football team to beat the Bengals. I just think they're a more complete team, as weird as that, as weird as that is to say about the football team. Um The pass rush is a big factor there. I think there's a chance they do get in Joe Burrow's face all day. I like the weapons Alex Smith has. I like the way that he looked last week. I think if they can just convert in the red zone, uh, they're going to be able to win this game against Cincinnati, who's just overall a bad football team being carried to decent performances by a good quarterback. But I don't think that happens this week. And then I'm going to go back to the well here with the Miami Dolphins. I already gave my reasoning for that one you know, there's always a chance that I double down on the Dolphins and it burns me like I did with the Ravens last week. But I just don't think that's the case. I think Drew Locke <laughs> throws a pick six or two. I trust Tua and I really trust Brian Flores to just not let this team have a letdown game, to not let this team overlook a Broncos team on the road. So yeah, I'm going to double down this week. So uh, yeah, 14 line Parlay. Chargers, Eagles football team, Dolphins. Ben, who blows that for me? Is it Anthony Lynn or is it you know somebody else?
0: Oh boy, I don't think it's Anthony Lynn. I think it might be the football team.
1: Yeah, just because Joe Burrow is someone that is not fun to bet against, but you know Chase Young might be in his face all day. But yeah, I agree with you there. The football team one is sketchy. It's a one point spread for a reason. But hey. 72 dollars to win 453 so you know can't argue too much against it
0: yeah i mean you know the odds are what they are uh speaking of money um some some nba news that neither you or i is going to like to hear is that montrez harrell just took a huge pay cut to go to the lakers are you kidding me he's two years 19 million
1: so the lakers just won the title and they added dennis Schroeder and montrez harrell two of the best bench players in the entire nba
0: and and west matthews yeah they got west matthews too yeah,
1: dude, what is going on?
0: <laughs> it's not great. Anyways, if if you're interested in in conversations like these, you know, be on the lookout for our God, the next dang. the next podcast that's about to d- drop at some point during this next week after all this free agency uh, craziness goes. But you know, hopefully we uh we win you guys some money. Hopefully we win ourselves some money. And uh, Aaron, if you got nothing else, I'm just gonna say uh, you know, thank you for listening. Make sure to give it five stars on iTunes and um you know, tune in for the next week.
1: Yeah, we always appreciate the five stars on iTunes and interact with us on the Twitter. And uh, yeah, have a good luck this week. Everyone enjoy watching some football.